I love Italy and I love Italian food. So I was really excited to discover a wonderful new cookbook with a twist written by local author Patrick Ebbs. I'm Josette Lesser and I'm delighted to be joined by Patrick, author of Reale Italian Cooking, Italian recipes from real Italians. Patrick, a very clever play on words here. Reale translates as real in English. But there's even more to that name than just using Italian words for you, isn't there? Yes, I married into the Reale family almost 30 years ago. And for the past 30 years, I've been visiting. They're based in Sternatia, a small little village in Puglia, in the south of Italy. And I go there and from day one, I was just infatuated by the food they serve up at the tables and the whole calamity around the table and the whole life and culture was so different. So thoroughly enjoyed it. So when you say you married into the Reale family, explain that to us. Yes, I, I, I married my wife, uh, Donatella Reale, who was Donatella Reale at the time. And she lived in the UK, but for her, she spent all her summers, every summer she used to go back to her family in the south of Italy. And um, of course, when we got married, I went to see this place because I heard so much about it. And I was absolutely enthralled by it. It was just so lovely. I mean, if a reader was to ask me, why should I buy your book? I would give it under three headings, people, plates and places. And I would start with the plates because they're the dishes that the Reale family serve up and they're absolutely some real authentic Italian dishes. And some of them, you know, don't get to the UK. They're very, very localised dishes that they do. And they've been handed down for generations. And they just put their own spin on these dishes, which I found fascinating. The people, again, it's just the culture and the life that they live down there. It's so different, so relaxing. And they're always so welcoming and warm and friendly. And then the places, there's fascinating places, fascinating beaches, and just steeped in history. So a real joy to go there. And I'd recommend anyone visit the south of Italy. So how does the food differ there to other regions of Italy? I'll give you some examples. Some of my favourite recipes are, for example, lasagna, which is a, a staple diet here in the UK. But there they don't use bechamel sauce. Sometimes they have sliced boiled eggs in it. So it's completely, completely different. I remember speaking to an Italian lady from the north of Italy. And she was almost aghast that there was no vegetable sauce and eggs. She couldn't believe it. So they do differ in, in the same dish can be so different. So and, and the homemade pasta, for example, normally they use eggs in the homemade pasta. But years and years ago, they, they, they called it cucina povera. It was they were so poor that they didn't use eggs. All they used for making the homemade pasta was durum wheat flour and water. And to this day, they still do that. And it's absolutely delicious. So there are variances like that uh, throughout the dishes that they serve in the south of Italy compared to the rest of Italy. They all have the nuances on the dishes. Have you learnt to cook all of these things yourself then? I have tried a lot of these recipes myself, obviously as part of the book, to see how easy they are. And I'd have to say one of the things that's common with most of the majority of the recipes in the book, they're so simple and easy to prepare and cook but all of them bursting with lots and lots of flavour. You know, that was one of my questions because I'm an absolute rubbish cook and I (laughs) I wondered how difficult they are. So on a scale of one to ten, where ten is your wife and maybe half is me, where do these recipes sit? Oh, they'd they'd be a three or four. Most of them would be three or four. They are very, very simple and easy to make. I mean, I've made a lot of these, so that says something. For those who know me, I can't boil an egg. But these were so simple to make. 
but as I say, bursting with flavour. And one of the things they'll always say in the south of Italy when you speak to the Rai family or anyone, they'll always give you license to you know adapt the recipe. Like for example, some people add lots of chili to a recipe, where others don't. So they really say, you know, you you work the recipe as you wish in terms of the quantities you put in as well. That was one of the things I, I kind of struggled with them to get quantities. They'd say, whatever you want to add, you add. But I said, well, I have to get this into in recipe, you know, for, for, for the readers of the book. But I'd say, yeah, very, very easy, easy to, to do. That, it's, it's, not a, it's not a challenge, but definitely worth doing. It's funny. It's a sign of a good cook, isn't it? Oh, I put a pinch of this and a pinch of that. That doesn't help people at our level at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What, what the, the phrase they use is quantabasta, as much as you want, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, you're right. For someone who's saying, well, I, I need explicit instructions how to follow this recipe, which, which they are in the book, but they'll always have that, you know, whatever you want to do. Like my example about add chilies or, or more garlic or less garlic. Because they have changed, you know, these are recipes that have been handed down through generations and they have adapted and changed as they've gone on. You said that it was about the people and the places as well. So you give some real insight into Puglia itself. Which are your favourite locations in Puglia? Well, to go to, I would say firstly Lecce. And simply because that's the, the, it's nicknamed the Florence of the South. And it's the arch- it's, it's a Baroque architect down there, and it's the largest city in southern Puglia, apart from south of Naples, which is probably the has a major tourist attraction, and that's really nice. And it's got lots and lots of history. It's got a, a Roman theater and an amphitheater, which is still used today. Then there's Otranto, which has a stunning coastal location, and again, lots and lots of history, and it has a lovely white sandy beach. You've got Gallipoli which lives up to the Greek translation of its name, Beautiful City. And again, that's a popular beach destination fishing port. And again, full of history. Or Bari, which is the capital and largest city in Puglia, which has the international airport there. And again, it's an interesting old town that it's, it's known as Bari Vecchia, which is old Vecchia. And again, they have a lovely beach on the city from there as well. Galatina is probably not featured on any of the tourist guys, for example, and again, that's a charming village, but full of, full of history. In fact, it used to be called San Pietro because it was in recognition of St. Peter, who it is said, passed through here on his way to Rome. And then, of course, there's Sternatia itself and the villages like Sternatia, small villages, but full of charm and history and always, always welcoming. And all of this is in the book. It's all in the book. Yeah. And I also include beaches as well, because Puglia is spoiled for choice with its coastline boasting the longest stretch of coastline in Italy. So it's, it, it's bordered by the Adriatic Sea on one side and the Ionian Sea on the other side. So absolutely, you're spoiled for choice in terms of beaches as well. I have to say, even looking at the photos on the cover of the book makes me hungry. There's a picture of a woman on there. Who's that? Absolutely, yeah. She's, if you like, my aunt, and she lives in the next village. Basically, the family, one of the realities moved to the next village. One of the daughters married a local in the next village and they farm there. So they do a lot of uh, chickpeas and, and peas. So it's great to go there and just sit there. And one of, one of the dishes, in fact, as we talk about chickpeas and pasta. Now, this is a really traditional Pullian dish down there. And, and the tradition has it that it's made without pasta on a Monday. And then on a Tuesday, pasta is added to the leftovers. It's a very traditional dish. But one of the things, again, with it is, with the pasta, 
when they boil three quarters of the pasta and then they fry a quarter of the pasta until it's golden brown, giving the dish a lovely crispy texture, which I'd never come across before, but it's absolutely delicious. So of all the recipes in the book, if you could only have one meal for a week, which one would it be? Oh, that's a difficult question. And I hope this isn't going live to the south of Italy or I'll be in serious trouble. <laughs> but seriously, I, I, I really, I really couldn't. I mean, the good thing about it, because of its location, it's influenced and inspired by both the land and the sea. So you've got absolutely every type of dish recipe in the book, which is exciting. But I, I, I suppose perhaps if I was to pick a pasta dish, it'd probably the chickpeas and pasta I described. If I was to pick a beef dish, it'd be salt and bocca, which is kind of beef wrapped within ham, cheese, eggs, capers and olives. For chicken, I'd probably go for the cacciatore. Again, the lovely chicken dish cooked with garlic, mushrooms and olives. The lasagna, definitely, it's a favourite. We have our family debate. Should we have it with the eggs or without the eggs? And, of course, the homemade pasta. And my final one, I perhaps I'd, I'd include, was seafood pasta, made with prawns, squid, mussels, and it's just absolutely beautiful. So if I was to try and pick one of them, I, I really couldn't, Josette, I'm sorry. OK, I'll let you off. You've just made me very, very hungry, though. Patrick, thank you so much for speaking with us. So the book, Reale Italian, Cooking Italian Recipes from Real Italians, where can we get it? It's available on Amazon. So just key in the title of the name or simply just key in my name into Amazon, Patrick Ebbs, and it'll pop up. Thanks so much, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you. 